gentlemen, welcome back to the Demo Tape Podcast. It's good to be back with y'all another again another for another week. You're welcome to subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, Google Podcasts, wherever you get your podcasts. And if you want to see the video, I'm up on YouTube. So if you want to see my actual animations and my facial expressions and my hand gestures and all those human element things to make it feel a bit more intimate for you, go over and over to the Demo Tape Podcast on YouTube. Check your boy out. I want to thank everybody who's been listening and giving me their feedback. Uh, make sure that after you subscribe to the show that you leave a comment. So that I can know how I'm doing. I'm here to try to create content for you guys. So let me know what you want to hear more of. And what you want to hear less of. Alright. And it doesn't matter if you're critical. Because I really don't care. Um, All criticism is welcome. As long as it's critical. And you're not hating if you're telling the truth. So if it's something that I can honestly objectively see that I'm doing wrong. Or I could do better. Then um, I will uh, take that into heed. But I want to thank everybody out there for listening. We've got a good show for you today. So we got some sports topics. I'm going to talk a little bit about... Uh, Arsenal. Uh, I'm getting to the Boogie Cousins uh, debacle that just came out, that just aired, which was so bizarre to me. And then I'm going to talk, uh, I'm also going to talk about some things that Diddy said pertaining to Jay Z that uh, I don't agree with and you are, and you may or may not agree with. But first, though, we're going to start with the news that started our week off very crazily, and that was the fact that Andrew Luck decided that he wanted to retire. After six seasons in the NFL and a slew of injuries, he called it quits this weekend, Saturday. It's just breaking news. I was watching the Miami-Florida game, which was an okay game. I just let me go off on a tangent for a second. I, I, I wait for Miami to come back so bad, man. I want them to be the U again because, you know, you're watching those documentaries, those 30 for 30s on the U, and you're like, dang, man. I remember being... Uh, 11 years old and seeing the U play they played in Arizona I used to live in Arizona at the time and they were playing uh, Ohio State and I thought they got cheated but it was one of the best college football games ever and I'm while I'm not a Miami fan I root for them man I root for everything that school is about I love that they used to get hated on in the 80s and everybody talked bad about them I love that they were they would talk trash and drop 40 on you I just love everything about that school and I would love them to climb back to those heights because I think college football needs a team that everybody loves to hate I mean everybody hates Alabama but it's because Alabama's good it's not because Alabama rubs your nose in their in the fact that they're good you know what I mean it doesn't Alabama doesn't necessarily rub it in your face that they're great they're just great and people get tired of them being great and you know Clemson's now on the scene but back to what I was saying uh yeah so the news broke while we were listening while I was while we were all watching the Miami versus Florida game And it was so crazy I texted my dad And he didn't believe me He was like I was like I texted him Andrew Luck retired He's like what? Andrew Luck retired Like yeah man Andrew Luck retired Like that's it No more um, He decided that After you know Lacerating a kidney uh, Having a torn labrum Concussion Missing an entire season Due to his torn labrum In his shoulder That he said In his In his uh Retirement conference press conference that the fun of the game had been sucked, the, the game, the fun for the love, the love of the sport had been sucked out of him. You know what I mean? And that's one thing I, I guess, having not played the sport at a very high level, obviously, um, I get, but I could understand how everything else that comes along with the game that you love or whatever the thing is that you love can take away your love for that thing. So, you know, like he said, you know, like I said, you know, having to sit out that whole season, then coming back this year, having the calf injury, uh, the calf slash ankle slash Achilles. I don't even know what's wrong with him. He just got tired of the rehab. And I was with him. 
And I was surprised to see that there were those there was detractors out there. There was the guy, there were the fans obviously booed. Which I kind of want to shoot them some bail on that one to take to steal Joe Button's phrase, shoot them some bail, because I don't think they understood at the moment why he was retiring. I guess you know they were just sitting in the stands and it just came across their phones like Andrew looks retiring, and they're probably like, "What retiring? Why is he? Why is he retiring? He's right there. I see him right there. He's right there on the field. Why is he retiring?" So well, he's right there on the sideline, and you know that was in poor taste for them to boo. But fans will be fans. We're gonna be passionate. We're gonna you know. In poor taste or not, we're always going to have a take. But what really was surprising was Doug Gottlieb, this sports guy. He said that Andrew Luck saying rehabbing was too hard was the most millennial thing ever. And I didn't listen to his radio show, the full disclosure, to follow up on him, to see what he meant by that. But just that tweet itself, to me, just was was just not good. And Troy Aikman lit into him. And a lot of people, have, I was going back and forth with a friend of mine about that. And he felt like... People were being too sensitive And I'm like nah man Like if you never played professional sports And you never suffered the injuries that this man suffered You know You can't comment on What is too hard Now if it was made tongue in cheek I don't know if he walked back on his show But my friend was trying to argue that The tweet was made tongue in cheek He was just joking And I'm like yeah but That's a very poor taste and a very poor timing To be joking about a man who is retiring and he's telling you I'm retiring because the injuries are getting to me. The rehab was getting to me. You know, the, the redundancy of the of the injuries, the frequency of the injuries, the missing of the games, which is taken away from the aspect of the game, taken away from my desire to want to study hard and give all to my teammates. And I think when a man is telling you that he doesn't want to do a certain thing, whether it be uh, a job, a relationship, whatever, somebody could come to you and articulate very intelligently and, and, and thoughtfully, I thought, when I was listening to his press conference, why he's stepping away from the game. I feel like you have no choice but to respect it. You may not like it, which you don't have to like it. You know what I mean? Everybody doesn't have to like everything everybody does, but respect is not about liking or not liking. Respect is about understanding where a person is coming from. And I don't understand how you can hear what Andrew Luck was saying in his at his press conference and not understand where he was coming from as far as, you know, like I said, having the love of the game basically zapped out of him, living in pain all the time, missing games, not being out there with the guys, and then thinking that he, after winning comeback player of the year last year, having arguably his best season last year, coming back and, you know, about to miss more time. You know what I mean? It gets to a point where you just don't want to do it anymore. I can... Clearly understand that. And to Doug, to, to Bo Jackson and, and, and Troy Aikman's point, dude, you you don't, what, what gave Doug Gottlieb that right? And that's what I was wondering. That's what me and my friend were going back and forth. What gives Doug Gottlieb the right? Because you have a microphone in front of your face, you have a responsibility to, yes, you're allowed to have your opinion, your views, but you have to be responsible for what you say and be tasteful in what you say and understand that there's a level of perspective when you're speaking on things that you yourself have never done that you, once again I'm gonna go back to the word respect you have to have a level of respect for the people that have done have gone and been through things that you've never been through and that's what Troy Aikman was saying that's what Bo Jackson was saying they were saying look man you never strapped on the cleats you don't know what it's like to take that beating you know what I mean I played Pop Warner football for half a second I just, I'll never forget that hit that I took you know what I'm saying it hurt and I can imagine my kidney being lacerated and I'm peeing blood you know, and so, you know, you know, it just was in poor taste. Now, like I said, I didn't listen to his show, so maybe he walked it back. And if he did walk it back, y'all let me know. Shoot me, you know, 
DM on Instagram and let me know. Send me a clip or something of him walking it back. And I walk back what I'm saying, but I just thought it was done in poor taste. I thought to be a sports uh, radio personality, I thought that most people would be more understanding. And for the most part, people were very understanding of him stepping away. People placed blame where blame needed to be placed on the Indianapolis Colts for not providing Andrew Luck enough protection so that he didn't have to go through... Uh, you know the things that he was going through, the injury, the, the the multitude of injuries. He didn't have an offensive line, and everybody talks about, and that and that goes back to another point that I want to go off on a tangent on for just a second. Um, people talk about the importance of the quarterback, right? The value of the quarterback. The quarterback is much more valuable. He's the most important player on the team, and everybody knows I have issues with that. But if we're going with that scenario, if we're going to go with that logic that the quarterback is the most important player on the team, then the Colts did a great. Disservice to their most important player of the team because they didn't surround him with guys who are going to protect him. He needs all. He needed an offensive line. He didn't have an offensive line. He took beating after beating after beating, week in and week out. It cost him a season. It cost him, like I said, a lacerated kidney. He was concussed. He had a torn labrum. Now he he he. Oh, he had the, the cartilage, the rib cartilage that was that was I think like cracked or bruised or something like that. Just the dude was a warrior, man. He put it on the line for the city, for his teammates every week. And I thought some of what. After he announced his retirement, some of the reaction, very few of it though, for overwhelmingly most people were understanding. But some of it was 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 not very warranted, man. This dude's out here, you know, you see these NFL players suing the NFL, you see these ex-NFL players suing the NFL for, you know, a quarter uh, 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 seven, you know, over a quarter of a billion dollars. You know what I'm saying? I think it was like the settlement was like seven hundred million dollars due to CTE and these things and it puts in perspective what these guys are putting on the line every week and as fans you know it's fantasy for us and Andrew Luck is just a name to us uh, on our fantasy team and the points and, and, the, and the bragging rights that we get in our office or amongst our homeboys or whatever the case may be but we have to remember that these guys are actual human beings you know what I mean and, and long after they're done playing the game for our enjoyment the, the, the damage that they went through and the pain that they uh, sustain is going to linger on So I have a lot of respect for Andrew Luck For stepping away And and like I said beautifully articulating his position And if you if there's a, Those people that didn't respect it um, I don't know I don't know what to say Like I said most people like, I just I just want to know if you played And if you did play uh, You know I don't even I don't even know what to say on that one Because I just don't I just can't wrap my mind Behind a player like I said, giving what we know about the sport itself. And like I said, giving Andrew Luck's documented injury history, I just felt like there would be a lot more outpouring of sympathy and support for him. And maybe there will be from the Colts fans in the future. You know what I mean? Because obviously they're probably going to retire his jersey if he doesn't come back. I know the owner says that he anticipates that Andrew's probably going to come back. I would like to see him come back. I hope he takes off the season and comes back. But if he doesn't come back, if this really is it for Andrew Luck, I hope that when the fans, when they get their... Uh, Mulligan, or this wasn't Mulligan, when they get their uh, second chance to show him love, I hope that they come correct at his retirement ceremony when they put him in the Ring of Honor and put his jersey in the Raptors and things of that nature. I hope that the fans will understand, like, okay, man, listen, this dude put it on the line for us week in and week out. He never cheated the game, in my opinion. I always liked Andrew Luck, um, even back to watching him in college. So, it, you know, eh. But moving on. Um... So for those that don't know, and I'm sure a lot of my listeners do know, I know I got a few listeners that listen out in the UK, but I'm an Arsenal fan. I went when I went on a trip in 2014 to or 2013 to London. I I toured the Arsenal Stadium. I used to visit the London the Arsenal pub in North London all the time. 
and watch the games with the people and talk about the people. So I became very fond of Arsenal. And so this year, this EPL year started, the season started, what, two weeks ago and three weeks ago now. And we started off very well. We beat Burnley and uh, I forgot the other team we beat. It's, it slips my mind right now. But we started off the season very well, got all six points. And then we're going into the part of our schedule where the test was coming up, right? So this past weekend, we played Liverpool. And this weekend coming up, we're playing Tottenham, which is a rivalry game, North London Derby. So I was talking to another friend of mine on Facebook, and we were discussing uh, the challenge that's up next. And for the thing about me, since I've been an Arsenal fan, we have never, ever been able, since I've been, I'm not going to say never, ever been able to beat a big club, but we haven't had a lot, a lot of success in beating the big clubs. I think since I've been an Arsenal fan, we've only won one cup. We won the FA Cup in 2014. 2015 and you know it's just been loss after loss like against Chelsea we got uh, a couple years ago we got thrown down to 10 men and just was a debacle and then things just go down really quickly against the big clubs and so yeah we won the first two games and I was excited but I, I knew I knew none of it means anything unless we take care of business against Liverpool because Liverpool's a powerhouse Saudi Omane uh, Mo Salah uh, Firmino you know what I mean they have wizards in the midfield. They do. Their Jurgen Klopp has re, reinvigorated, reinvigorated the Liverpool uh, club over the past what five years. They've just made that switch. Now they're Champions League champions. They're, they've been league champions, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong on that one, y'all. But you know they had. They've endured a lot of success since Jurgen Klopp came to the club. And and Arsenal, you know, we've had our overturn. We've got a new. Uh, Manager Emery's in there. We've got new signings and things of that nature. But my thing is, I wanted to see whether or not those signings will hold up against a big club because that's all that matters, right? The EPL is, is skewed to the point. It's not like it's not like the NFL. For those that don't watch the English Premier League, that's what EPL is. It's not like the NFL. There's no draft, right? The 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 worst teams don't get. There's no salary cap. There's no draft, so the worst teams don't get the best players. There's no way to balance out the talent. The good teams. Get the best players because they have the most money. They have the most loyal fan base. They have the bigger stadiums. And so you rarely see a whole lot of turnover. So that's why in 2016 when Leicester City won the championship, everybody was so shocked because Leicester City is such a small club. But um, continue on with with what I'm saying, staying on topic, though. You know, you have to – the the balance of power doesn't change that much in the sport. So your team, if they're going to be successful, has to beat – one of the top teams in the, in the, in the league. So you, and you, the only way you're going to see that because there's no playoff system in the EPL. It's just a point system. So a win is three points. A draw is one point. A, a loss is zero points. So you, you play, what, the 34 games of the year. And whoever has the most points at the top of the season, you tally it up. And whoever has the most points wins the league. And then the top four advance to the Champions League, which is sort of kind of the playoffs. It's just basically all the top teams of all the European leagues. There's five European leagues. And they all play uh, in the Champions League. For those of you that don't know what that is, those of you that know what it is, then you know what I'm talking about is correct. So back to what I'm saying. I wanted to see how we did against uh, Liverpool because that's going to let me know uh, where we where we're going to match up. And it's just one game. There's still a lot of games, but it's an indicator of how the season is going to go. And let and let's just say I was sadly disappointed. We got smashed three, one. Uh, the goal came late. Uh, player off the bench, Torreira, came in and scored a goal, but. What, what disappointed me the most about the loss was that uh, is that we have the talent to compete with them. It was obvious, right? Uh, Pepe, the new signing that we got uh, from the French League, 
he has a lot of speed and things and he was able to we were, we were trying to play a tactic of 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 playing back behind the ball and trying to counterattack and I didn't like that because I don't think in, in any sport, I don't think you should invite the offense onto your side of the field. I don't believe in football, American football, for, for NFL football, for my American listeners. I don't believe that you should ever go into prevent defense, right? Just because you're in the fourth quarter and you're up by 10, don't invite the, the don't don't give up yards, right? Don't don't invite the team to get on your side of the field. And that's kind of what our tactics were on Sunday. It was like, okay, so we're gonna play for the counterattack. We're gonna invite. We're gonna we're gonna let them get up the wings on us and cross the ball into the box and we're gonna play good defense and there's there's, a, there's an adage in in sports that says defense wins championships yes but your defense can't win championships if your defense is your offense you know what I mean very rarely does that happen that does happen it has happened in sports the Ravens come to mind the Buccaneers come to mind but those teams had had exceptional defenses and it, it just rarely ever you can't just put your defense in a precarious situation time after time. And Arsenal, that's what we did. We invited pressure, offensive pressure, so to speak. And when we got the ball, we tried we tried to play from the back. So we tried to play through the back defenders and let and possess the ball and things of that nature. But when they were pressing us high up the pitch, they were turning us over and just keeping the ball. So I'm watching the game and I'm like, yo, so dog, we're not possessing the ball very well. We're inviting them to press us, and they're turning us over, getting corner kick after corner kick. Even when we're clearing the ball, we're clearing up back, clearing up to the midfield, back to their defender, and they're just coming right back to their to the to the left wing and crossing the ball back into the box. It was like, yo, man, we have to switch up the tactics, and we didn't switch up the tactics, and that was the more that more so than losing the game because if we lost the game three four and we were scoring goals, it was up and down. I might have could have had a bit more optimism for the season, but for this to me, and I know it's early, and I'm gonna you know we have the big match this Sunday, and I'm gonna be watching, but. It seemed like same old Arsenal to me. And and that kind of broke my heart because I've never tasted the glory that previous fans have with going to the Champions League final or the Invincible season in 2004 when they didn't lose a game all season. I want to feel the, the the glory of being a fan. I don't just want to be a fan and, 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 and deal with the pain. You know what I mean? And that was just horrible, man. So I'm looking and, and, and we're not very good against the big club. So going back to the... 17-18 season, we lost to Liverpool 4-0, and these games aren't even close, mind you. We lost to Liverpool 4-0, lost to Manchester City 3-0, lost to Manchester United 3-1, lost to Man City again 3-0, lost to Man U 2-0, lost to Man, lost to Man City 2-0, and then we lost to Chelsea 3-2. And so, and that, and 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 so, I need help here, y'all. I just need to understand. As a sports fan, as an Arsenal fan, I just need to know there's going to be light at the end of the tunnel because I get excited every year. We got Arsene Wenger out, and that was good. And we got new players in, and that's good. But it needs to start materializing into Champions League, deep Champions League runs, and League Cups because we're starving over here, man. We're starving for wins over here, man. We're like the Dallas Cowboys of the EPL, and I don't want to be associated or related to the Dallas Cowboys at any rate in any relative form dealing with sports you know what i mean because that's just very depressing as a fan to under to 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 feel like you know you're not gonna ever be winning that's kind of why i stopped i quit the phoenix suns it was like yo the ownership is in shambles we're not going anywhere we have devin booker sure he can score a lot of points but his play is not committing to winning we can't get a solid coach in there we're not aggressive in free agency we're not aggressive in the draft we're not 
developing players. We're not using our G League. It's like, so what are we doing? What what is the incentive to being a fan at Arsenal? I'm going to be a fan because I went to the stadium and I and I met I met other fans and the fandom accepted me in. But at the same time, I need something to cheer for, yo. I just I just do sincerely from the bottom of my heart. Arsenal Football Club. I need something to cheer for. Uh, you know, so give me something to cheer for. I want to pause for a second and remind you that if you like what you're hearing, you can subscribe to the Demo Tape Podcast on iTunes, Google Play, and Stitcher Radio. Like I said, I'm on YouTube, so if you want to see the live video instead of just the audio, you come on YouTube, just search Demo Tape Podcast. All right, moving on to the more controversial topics in that I have lined up for the show. So, yesterday, news broke that Boogie Cousins, DeMarcus Cousins, the basketball player for the Los Angeles Lakers. It was a video that the score uh, came across my Instagram feed. The score put the headline up that uh, audio footage leaked. I use that in air quotes. Leaked that Boogie Cousins threatened to shoot his ex-girlfriend. And at the time, I was like, ex-girlfriend? Because Boogie had just Boogie just got married not too recently ago. I want to say like this past weekend or the weekend before. He, he's a newlywed. And I'm like... Ex-girlfriend So you know I scroll And I listen to the video And there's audio Of his girlfriend Him talking to his girlfriend He's like yo I'm gonna ask you This question one more time Before I escalate this uh, And and he was asking And it comes up And I, and I kind of I kind of gathered this Just from Knowing relationships And women And how Men and women interact In relationships And exes And stuff like that so he was asking if he could see his son. He was like, yo, can my son come over here? He's like, I'm asking you one more time before I take it to another level. Can my son come over here? She said no. So then he lost his cool and said, you know, hey, B, I'm going to put a bullet in your brain. Which is never any excuse for that. I want to make that very clear. There's never an excuse for that. There's no but. There's no but. There's no, there's no excuse for that. But no, there's just no excuse for that. And brothers, black men in particular, I want to say this. We don't have room for dealing with women who bring the worst out of us, right? Who make us say things like, I'll put a bullet in your head. Or with the quarterback down here in Tallahassee, uh, DeAndre Francois, before he got kicked out, he's at Hampton now. Shout out HBCU love. But he was telling his girl, oh, I'll punch you in the face or something. Or like the Tyreek Hill situation, where his woman, where he was saying, told his girl, B, you better be scared of me. We don't have time, nor should we have time or tolerance for women that bring the best out of us. Now, with that being said, relationships get ill. Things get said. I know firsthand. I've seen firsthand. Things get said that we don't truly mean. When you're in a relationship with somebody, you're having sex with them. You're sharing a, a, a house with them. Sometimes you're sharing finances with them. You may have a kid with them in DeMarcus Cousins' case. And when things don't go your way, it, it taps into a different level of emotion with that person. That you say, you say outlandish things. No excuse for that. What needs to be talked about. As well as what DeMarcus Cousins did wrong Is the fact that there are women out here Who prey upon men in DeMarcus Cousins' situation Or men who they think are going to be pro prospects Right, so like, like I said with DeAndre Francois Magically, when he's saying all this crazy stuff to his girl She's live on Instagram Or she's videoing it on Instagram And it gets leaked Yo man, in the conversation between you and your woman How does that get leaked? Same thing with the Tyreek That was my first thought with the Tyreek Hill situation And with this Boogie Cousins situation how did the audio get leaked? And I call scandalous on that. You're a scandalous woman if if you get to argue with your man. He says something out of pocket and the audio gets leaked. And now all of a sudden, like Boogie, in Boogie Cousins' wife, uh, ex-girlfriend's case, not wife. Very clear, not wife. Ex-cousin, ex-girlfriend's case. 
Now she wants a restraining order. And what it sounds like to me, in my humble opinion, it's just my opinion, it sounds like she's mad that Boogie Cousins is, you know, got the pockets, his pockets got the mumps, you know what I'm saying, he got the bag, he, he got the drip, and he was messing with Shorty, I don't know much about Shorty, I'm not even going to get into looking into the background because I don't do all that, but I'm just commenting on something that struck a chord with me that came up in the news. She's mad that he moved on, right? He left her with a kid. He's probably bringing off some child support, but he went and found a new woman and got married. And for women, and I know I have a few women listeners. I probably don't have that many women listeners, but I have a few women listeners. Y'all know that I'm right. There are women out there in the world that if a man cuts you off, leaves you high and dry, especially if he has a means. Now, for regular dudes, maybe not, but it goes for regular dudes, too. This is how I know I can speak with confidence on what I'm about to say uh, about this situation. But Boogie left her, right, and went and got a new woman. And so her only leverage and power she has to make him feel some of the pain that she's feeling because she feels like, you know, this woman is in my spot is the fact that I have your son, Negro. I have your son. And you want your son to come to your wedding? Well, I don't like that. I don't like the fact that you uh, moved on without me. I don't like none of this. So what I'll do is I'll withhold your son. And that's my mom used to say that. My mom says this real women. Don't use a man's children against him. That's that's what weak, powerless women do. And we hear all this talk about toxic masculinity, and I agree that it exists to a certain degree. I think uh, I think sometimes the lines get blurred, and some of just what men naturally are or what we do gets labeled as toxic masculinity. But whatever gets talked about is toxic femininity. And I'm gonna always and I'm gonna broach this subject time and time again on my podcast. I know I've done it uh, in past episodes, but I'm gonna talk about it again because this is a prime example. Not excusing what Boogie Cousins did at all. In conjunction with Boogie Cousins did She provoked him Men are allowed And I'm gonna and I'm gonna be an advocate for this on this podcast too Men are allowed to have emotions Men are allowed to feel things Women aren't the only people that can Have emotions and cry and react To situations You know what I mean and, and I don't like the fact that While Boogie was wrong That his agency is being questioned In this situation because he should be Like I said once again she knew what she was doing when he was asking her. What good reason is there for a man not to be able to have his son at his own wedding? Regardless if it's with you, the mother of his child or not. Why would you deny the man having his son to participate in his wedding and to be at the wedding reception and to stand by the side of his father? Because whether or not he's with you or not, that's still his son. That's still his family. You may not like the new woman, and that's fine and daddy. That ain't got nothing to do with the child. Stop women. Stop bringing children into relationships with kids. Now, I don't have kids, so I don't deal with this. But I've seen it up close with a few of my homeboys. You know what I'm saying? I, I talk to other homeboys that are telling me their situations as well. This is a real thing. Women, if they can't get with you, right, what they want, they'll find other ways to get back at you. And and, and, and this is not all women, so I don't want to put all women in a box because I feel like all men get put in a box, especially all black men. I feel like we do get put in a box. So I'm not going to put all women in a box. All women don't do this. this. That's for the record. All women don't do this. But there are women who do do this because they're competitive. They want the money, and Boogie has money and status, and they, can't, they don't like the fact that he cut her off. You know what I'm saying? Like Meek Mill said, cut her off, act like she dead, and it's killing her. Yes, Boogie moved on. Boogie moved on. Now, all of a sudden, she wants a restraining order. Now, there's an ESPN report that Boogie was putting his hands on. And my thing is, okay, okay, okay. We know Boogie's a hothead. This is a truth. This is a truth. So, why not? Why didn't you say these things before? So, so now when he's on the phone and you can record 
and leak the audio footage, the audio of him saying something violent to you. You want to run and get a restraining order. But when he was allegedly choking, you didn't think to get a restraining order then? I question that. I don't question that. And I'm not trying to tell women how to react in domestic violence situations. But this seems like a very opportunistic thing on her part because how can you go from in this abusive relationship, nobody ever heard anything about it, to now, right after the man got married, you have audio of him asking if his son could come to the wedding and you telling him no and he overreacts now you're the victim i'm not buying that first of all i don't buy the female victimhood thing i'm sorry that may not be very pc i believe that people are as victims of things as much as we allow ourselves to be now there are that let me let me let me let me try to clarify what i'm saying yes obviously if a man is putting his hands on a woman uh beating on her and things of that nature she is a victim i'm not saying that but i mean women aren't victims uh, by nature By just by nature of just being women That's what I mean Right Just because you're a woman You're not a victim Because you're a woman He's a man And whatever Whatever scenarios You want to throw on it No Right So To me I'm calling BS on the situation Like I said That may not be very Politically correct To call BS on that situation But that's what I'm going to do Because I think it's very convenient That right after the man got married uh, all of a sudden now there's audio of him talking crazy to you When you wouldn't let him get his son at his wedding And I'm not saying like I said once again I'm, be very clear. I'm not excusing Boogie's language towards her You know what I mean At some point brothers we gotta learn That when a woman is bringing the worst out of you When she's making you when, she, when, she's, when, when she does something And you feel that anger inside you When you wanna tell her like I'll put a bullet in your head We have to learn like yo man just get off the phone Just get away from that woman Put as much distance between you and her as can possibly humanly be put because nothing's ever going to work out for you. Boogie is not going to get the benefit of the doubt that I'm giving him on this issue because most of the media, the mainstream white media, they're not going to give him that because Boogie has a history of being a hothead, exploding out in locker rooms and things of that nature. So they're going to say simply like with OJ, well, he did it because look at him. He's angry. He's angry. He's a big 6'10", 6'11", black man, and he's angry. And so, yeah, I'm sure, I bet he did choke her out. I bet he did. I bet he would put a gun to her head. And it's like, come on, man. You know, you got to look at all the evidence, not just what the woman says. You know what I mean? So, not to bash on women. I hope this doesn't come off like I'm bashing on women. But there is two sides to a coin. There's two sides to every story. And men do have a side. Men do get abused in relationships and get taken advantage of relationships, too. It's not only women. And I believe that this story has the symptomology of a man who is being, oh, she tried to use her power to get a desired outcome, right? She wanted to make him feel something, and she succeeded. And he took the bait, and he popped off, and what's going to come of this is going to come of it. The man's going through a lot. You know, he just tore his ACL. He came off an Achilles injury. He was gonna. He just teamed up with the Lakers. They look at him going on their championship run. He tears his, he tears his ACL again. He gets married and now his ex, his baby, his, his ex-girlfriend, the mother of his child won't let him come to his son's wedding. Any man would be upset with that. That's nothing new. You come, you come between a man and his kids. You know what I mean? Men are going to get angry. Now, I know there's a lot of deadbeat fathers out there, but you know, once again, just like I'm not going to put all women in a box, I'm not going to put all men in a box. There are men that really want to be in their children's lives and women that don't, that women that don't allow that to happen or do things to impede that. You're not real women to me. So moving on to the last topic of the day on the show before I get on out of here, uh, I stirred up a lot of controversy earlier this week on Instagram because Diddy posted some tweets, Rap Radar, uh, the Rap Radar podcast and Instagram page posted, you know, it's all about hip hop and they posted some comments of Diddy saying that, you know, commending Jay-Z. So, 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 so. 
as everybody knows, and I spoke, and those of you that listen to the podcast regularly know I spoke about it, but Jay-Z signed a deal with the NFL, and it has a lot of that, that's, it's been, it's polarized the quote-unquote black community, and I'm going to do an episode on that too, because we're going to get into this whole black community thing, and what is the black community, but it's polarized the black community, right, and you got people that understand that, you know, Jay-Z is, is, is doing for self and, and setting a good example for what more black people should try to do, do for self, be capitalist, try to earn, own something. And you have people that feel like Jay-Z sold out because he turned his back on Cap. Some of the language that was used during the interview when he was um, sitting next to Roger Goodell, or some, I should say some of the 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 audio and footage that got released because the subsequent footage that got released does Jay a bit more justice. He's speaking a lot more you know, strong about his perspective and what he's done and things of that nature. But um, it's polarizing a lot of people, right? And on one side of that coin, like I said, people are hailing Jay as the goal. And I seen tweets, Lenny S, one of his homeboys saying that he could be president one day. He, I mean, you know, the Jay-Z worship is getting crazy. And and, and it took it, it reached a fever pitch with me when Diddy said that Jay-Z is a black leader. And I hate the term black leader and I'm going to explain why because nobody no other ethnic group of people has leaders right that hey that guy speaks for all of us no Jay-Z is not a black leader Colin Kaepernick is not a black leader Nipsey Hussle was not a black leader if you are a person in a public sphere public life and you speak up for the black perspective and the black experience that does not make you a leader this makes you a real person this makes you somebody who understands how it is for us you're not a coon you're not a sellout and so a lot of people got upset with me and they were saying jay-z is a black leader and and my question i'm going to pose this to you my listeners and i really want to answer what are the prerequisites for a black leader what makes someone a black leader can i be a black leader can you all be black leaders or is it just reserved for rappers who speak militantly and have a lot of money? And, 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 and that's what I really want to get down to, the crux of my, my point. What makes a black leader? Because to me, just because you have money and you can say, yo, black people get killed in the street and we get locked up unjustly. I mean, you're just stating the truth that we all know. There are those of us who, who there, and there, are, there are those of us, and when I say us, I mean black people, who get on Fox or CNN or their own podcast or their own radio show and try to deny the facts. And there are those of us that understand the facts. It does not make you a leader because you speak up for black issues. I speak up for black issues on this podcast all the time. Am I a black leader? I would shun that a black leader because you know what the term black leader does to black people? It makes, it lets us, and I spoke about this last week on my podcast. We, when we, when somebody gets dubbed a black leader in the quote unquote black community, we then abdicate power. We feel like there's nothing we gotta do because Jay Z will take care of it for us. Man, Jay Z is not our savior. Jay Z is the savior for the Carters and the Knowles and whoever falls under that umbrella of Jay Z's family and Jay Z's network. For the rest of us that have to go to get up and go to work every day or go to school every day or make a living for ourselves, he is not changing our day to day life. Then somebody asked me because I, I posted that on you know the right radar page. I, I commented and I said Jay Z not a black leader. So then people got mad at me. Well, what are you doing for the black community? Man, what? Like that's that's the most. There's something called a non sequitur. That doesn't have anything to do with the price of tea in China. What I've done for the black community does not make Jay Z any more or less of a black leader. So Jay Z's bail people out of jail. Good. 
If I had the means that Jay-Z would do, I hope that I would do the same thing. I'd like to think that I would do the same thing. I'd like to think that if I was able to reach a billion dollars of net worth, that I would still be the same Demetrius. I would still be speaking out. Obviously, my tax bracket would change, so maybe my politics would change. But my social consciousness, I would imagine, would not change. And I still would be the same Demetrius speaking out on the issues. And I would have more means to affect more people. Jay-Z can't do all things for all black people. Jay-Z is not our leader. He is not a black leader. He is a black man. Who has done well for himself and his family He is an example He is an example He is not a leader And like I said And there's not, and, and somebody commented that Well white people have White people have leaders too Well I challenge people to tell me Who gets called a white leader Somebody said Donald Trump is a white leader Donald Trump is not a quote, a quote white leader Donald Trump is the president of the United States White people don't have leaders White people just lead White people just do White people just create businesses Startups Companies New newspapers New tech They just do stuff They don't need leaders to guide them And show them the way You know what I mean? They figure it out Like the rest of us do Now JC is an example I get for a lot of brothers And one dude And me and him had a, had, a, had a respectful dialogue He was saying that You know JC is an example For the brothers that are in the Marcy Projects In Brooklyn area And I said you know what? I'll give you that He is an example for them Especially because they're like Dang he came from my projects He came from my walk of life He made it out That's an example Jay-Z is not a leader A leader is somebody who gives you direction Jay-Z is not giving us direction And guess what? A lot of you A lot of you black people out there Even if Jay- Jay-Z telling you what to do You still You still don't Freaking Do what he says to do You know what I'm saying? So stop with this black leader stuff Can we stop Every time a black person stands in the gap for us, they're not our leader. They're just another real motherfucker standing up for us, telling us the truth, speaking to the white world who largely ignores us and is and is has ben- issues has a benign neglect policy towards our experience. What the issues are because we need to keep pounding that pavement because things have not changed, and until things change, we're gonna have to keep articulating and regurgitating and reiterating our experience in this country because it largely gets ignored. Right, and that's what Jay Z did. He is not a black leader. I'm sure if I was able to sit down and ask Jay Z if he was a black leader, he would say, "No, I'm not a black leader. I'm just a nigga with money." Anyway, y'all, I'm about to get out of here. Uh, I thank everybody who uh, is going to listen to the podcast. Um, you can subscribe to the. Po- I try to. Li- I'm going to release this podcast every Thursday. Um, you can find the demo table on iTunes, Google Play, Google Podcasts, and like I said, YouTube. So I'm, I'm going to keep plugging my YouTube page because I know a lot of people, we live in a visual era. And a lot of people, you know, don't really just want to listen to something. They want to see something. So go ahead, check me out on YouTube. After you subscribe, make sure you rate and review the show. Leave me a comment. Leave me a five-star review as well, too. And then let me know what you think of the show. Remember, like I said before, it's not hating if you're telling the truth. So until next week, y'all, y'all keep it thorough. And to my brothers out there, stay black and be smart. Think things through. Don't just react. Don't let these women get get their claws in you and get you caught up and have you, you know what I'm saying, sitting in the jail cell because you reacted in a moment. You know what I mean? All right, y'all. Peace.